Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. And I'm Jeff. Today, we are talking with Gail Damerel, author of our July Book of the Month, The Chicken Health Handbook. Gail has written extensively on many homesteading topics, raising livestock, growing fruits and vegetables, and related rural skills. Her books are highly regarded as great references for all things homesteading. The Chicken Health Handbook is a comprehensive guide that addresses common health problems in chickens. It covers topics like nutrition, diseases, and management strategies. This invaluable resource is relevant to both new and experienced chicken keepers providing practical remedies and preventative care measures. It has gained popularity at Meyer Hatchery, becoming a beloved resource among our team and customers. Now, I got a coupon today for you because you signed on. It's 20% off using the code BOTM23 at checkout. That is Bravo Oscar Tango Mike 23. You order the Chicken Health Handbook in July and you'll also receive a free vital pack. Gail, I just want to thank you for coming on today to this podcast at the Coop. And my first question for you is what inspired you to write the Chicken Health Handbook? And did you encounter any challenges while writing the book? Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Well, I had a goat health handbook that I used all the time. It was in plain English without a lot of technical jargon. And I kept thinking someone should write a book like that for chickens. And then one day I decided that someone was going to be me. It turned out to be a much bigger project than I anticipated. I sure learned a lot in the research process. So as an experienced chicken keeper, what would you say is the hardest part of keeping chickens for you and your family? And what is the most rewarding part? Well, my first flock of chickens came in my first house, so I had to learn chicken keeping in a real hurry. In those days, we didn't have very many resources. There wasn't any current books available on backyard chicken keeping, and there was no internet in those days, and chickens weren't all that common. So I hardly had anybody to ask anything, so I mostly learned by doing. But I soon found out that people started asking me questions about chickens. And I kept hearing the same questions over and over and over. So I started writing down the questions and answers. And actually, that was the source for my first book about chickens. It's been recently revised, but it's still in print. It's called Chickens in Your Backyard. Yeah, it's kind of funny how some small projects can turn into big ones. The book covers a wide range of health topics. Could you highlight a few common health issues that chicken keepers often face and provide some advice on prevention and treatment? The type of health issues that chicken keepers encounter depends a lot on their management method. Nearly all the health problems can be prevented with proper management. I would say the biggest health issues occur in flocks where new chickens are constantly being introduced, which I see happening all the time. But someone who raises chicks to maturity and then keeps a closed flock, which means no new chickens coming in, is unlikely to experience many health issues, if at all. Of course, 
That's not a common scenario. Everybody likes to acquire more chickens as chicken mass. The Chicken Health Handbook covers the prevention and treatment of a great variety of problems that chicken keepers can encounter who are not willing to maintain a closed flock. So you never know what kind of problems they're going to have depending on what the problems are of the chickens that are bringing into their newly bringing into their flock. Yep, you got to love that chicken math. So how important is nutrition in maintaining chicken health? Can you share some insights on feeding practices and the impact of nutrition on flock well-being? Oh, proper nutrition is essential to maintaining chicken health. One of the biggest issues I see is feeding chickens too many treats, especially scratch grains. As a result, the hens don't lay real well because obese chickens are not healthy chickens. That happens with a lot of different treats, especially scraps from the kitchen. Another problem occurs when chicken keepers try to develop their own feeding program without knowing much about a chicken's nutritional needs. Chicken nutrition is complex and it varies with age and there is no one size fits all when it comes to feeding chickens. So you have to know what you're doing and the best plan is to start with rations, commercially bagged rations that are fresh and go from there, especially if you you can get your chickens to free range so they can get some freshness from nature, from foraging and from eating insects and so forth that they find out in the field. Man, I so agree with you. I can't tell you the amount of times I get a phone call and the customer says, hey, what's wrong with my chicken? And we dig a little bit and it's the feed. They're giving them goofy stuff. And yes, you are so right. Now, the book addresses various diseases caused by different pathogens. Can you discuss some common diseases in chickens and their symptoms and provide guidance on how to identify and handle these issues? One common disease, especially among chicks, is coccidiosis. It's caused by a protozoa. A common sign is bloody droppings. Usually that's the first sign that you see. As with many diseases, preventing coccidiosis is a lot easier than trying to cure it. The way to prevent coccidiosis is to allow chicks to gradually develop natural immunity. That can be easily done by keeping the brooder clean, especially the drinking water. Make sure there's no poop in the drinking water. You can also feed the chicks a medicated chick starter, which allows them to develop a gradual immunity. Um, another thing is chicks can catch what's the equivalent of the human common cold. Um, the colds in chickens are often caused by viruses. The signs are the same as in humans. That would be coughing, sneezing, running eyes, running nose. Uh, those kinds of diseases are usually spread from bird to bird. So the best prevention is to keep healthy chickens away from potentially unhealthy chickens. These are the kinds of diseases you get by bringing in new birds all the time. The new birds may appear healthy, but they may be carrying the um, viruses that are going to cause the existing flock to come down with a disease. Um, bacteria, they often show up as some sort of wound. An example would be a breast blisters or bumblefoot, and bumblefoot would be sores at the bottom of the foot pad. Those conditions usually occur in heavy breeds that spend a lot of time on hard surfaces and they're less likely to occur in ch where chickens have the deep litter in the coop and a grassy yard to cushion their feet. So in essence, people, you need to get her book. It has so much more information and so many more diseases that cover 
all of it, get the book at MeyerHentry.com today. Now, in your experience, what are some effective management strategies that chicken keepers can implement to promote overall flock health and prevent disease outbreaks? Well, the biggest issue is to avoid constantly bringing in new chickens. I know I harp on that a lot, but I'm, it's really important because you never know if a chicken is a carrier for some disease, even though the chicken may appear to be perfectly healthy. I'm going to give you an example from personal experience. Many years ago, I acquired a handsome rooster that appeared to be the picture of good health. When we got him home, we gave him a bath and to get rid of his lice, which we didn't know he had till we got him home. And we quarantined him away from our flock for several weeks to make sure he was healthy. He seemed perfectly healthy. However, when we put him in with our hens, the hens started dying one by one without showing any sign of disease. Our state pathology lab, where we brought uh, two or three of the chickens, couldn't figure out what was going on. Then one day, we found the rooster dead. Eventually, our hens stopped dying, what was left of them anyway. But that was the last time I brought a mature chicken into our flock. It was a hard lesson to learn. Now, when I want to bring in new chickens, I start with chicks, either from a hatchery or chicks that I hatch myself. And that way, they start out without any problems and they're raised in the environment where they're going to live. And they have a chance to develop immunities to whatever pathogens are already exist in this environment. I'm a firm believer that that's the number one way to prevent disease outbreaks. Of course, also important is maintaining a robust immune system through proper nutrition, both equally important. You heard it. You need to be buying your chicks at Meyer Hatchery to get those chicks and not buy the bigger ones from other people around about. <laughs> As a seasoned chicken keeper, what advice would you give to someone who is just starting out and wants to ensure the health and well-being of their flock? Well, I'll answer that as a list of do's and don'ts, I think is the easiest way. Um, start out, don't get more chickens than you have space for. Chickens that are crowded are stressed out and they start going downhill. Don't keep introducing new chickens to your flock. That's a hard one for people to stick to, but it's very important. Use the appropriate feed for the flock's age. Avoid excessive treats, especially mixed grains and processed foods. You don't want to be feeding them a lot of bread and cake and things like that. And as much as possible, allow the chickens to get out and forage. Forage shouldn't be their sole ration, but they should be allowed to forage so they can get some fresh uh, things to eat. Now, those are some excellent do's and don'ts. Apart from chicken keeping, what other aspects of homesteading do you enjoy on your farm in Tennessee? Can you share some of your favorite experiences or projects outside of poultry? Boy, that's a hard one. I like everything about living on a farm. We keep Nubian dairy goats that are a lot of fun. Um, especially I like when, when we have kids. They're just really a joy to watch. We have an orchard and we have a pretty sizable garden and um, we can and freeze the produce so we can use that year round. Um, we are surrounded by woods that change with the seasons. And it's always a lot of fun to watch out for the various wildflowers that are blooming at the different seasons. I like to go out with a camera and take pictures of the different wildflowers. And when I have time, I like to sew or knit or read. 
And most of all, I just like to hang out with my husband, Alan, and we just talk about whatever comes to mind. It's odd. We spend a lot of time together, but we never run out of things to talk about. It is really hard to beat the lifestyle of living in the country until you've been there and done it. So true. You've written several books on raising livestock, growing fruits and vegetables, and other rural skills. Can you tell us about some of your other books and topics they cover? And what was your favorite book to write? Well, my best-selling book is Stories Guide to Raising Chickens. That's basically a general book about just general chicken keeping. The fun book to write was Hatching and Brooding Your Own Chicks. That covers all kinds of poultry, including turkeys, guineas, geese, and ducks. So that gave me a little bit of chance to put in more things about than just chickens. My most recent book is An Absolute Beginner's Guide to Raising Ducks. That came out just this year. But my absolute favorite book to write was Ice Cream, The Whole Scoop, which unfortunately is now out of print. It was nearly a, as big a project as writing the Chicken Health Handbook. Uh, and, and during the process, I learned a lot about making ice cream. And of course, having the dairy goats, we make a lot of ice cream. So that was a rewarding book to write. Actually, most of my uh, books start out as a reference guide for myself that eventually develops into something that other people might be interested in, and then uh, eventually published as a book. So that's how they start out, is just something that I want to um, keep a record of for myself and be able to look it up when I forget something or need to be reminded. <laughs> that's funny that your favorite book is the ice cream book. And I mean, come on, who doesn't like ice cream, right? <laughs> As someone who is deeply involved in sustainable living and self-sufficiency, what are some key principles or practices you would recommend to aspiring homesteaders? Well, the first thing would be don't be afraid of hard work. Uh, my husband and I always joke that we don't have to go to a gym for exercise. We get all the exercise we need right here on the farm. Um, another thing is to be involved in a variety of things. If you're not always engaged in the same activity over and over again, you're less likely to experience burnout or just to get bored with, with doing the same thing always. Um, and also you need to be flexible enough to shift gears. Like for instance, if you can't do what you plan to do because it's raining, uh, then you have to go do something else. Or uh, maybe someday you don't feel like doing what you were gonna plan to do, but there's always something to do that suits your mood. So if you have enough different things to do, there's always something that you can do, and I'm always doing something. I just hate to sit around, so um, just have a lot of different things to do. And um, I, a really important thing, too, is it's this is not a compatible lifestyle for the person who likes to travel and be away from home a lot. Luckily, my husband and I are both homebodies, so we don't have a problem with that. But a lot of people do that I, I hear from that um, they don't know how they're going to keep these things going when they're not there. Well, you can't. And you can't expect somebody else to do things the way you would have done them. So I, I really think it's two different uh, lifestyles. So homesteading is hard work, flexibility, and it's now your life. Yep, that's what homesteading is. And in your opinion, what are some of the biggest benefits or rewards for adopting a homesteading lifestyle? 
and what are some challenges or obstacles that individuals may face? The biggest benefit is producing the kind of food we like to eat. The biggest reward is being our own boss, not having someone telling us what to do and when to do it. The big challenge for us is the fickle weather. Some things just can't be done when it's raining, for instance, or blazing hot or freezing cold. So those things sometimes pile up while we're waiting for milder weather. It gets kind of frustrating sometimes. Another challenge, at least for us here on this farm, is distance. Anything we need to buy, any appointment we want to make, is at best 25 minutes away. And most of the time, it's even farther. So we need to really plan things to avoid spending a lot of time running back and forth getting things done. And of course, as always, a big challenge is the equipment breakdown. It's always something that doesn't work that we need to repair or take it to a repair shop, which again, takes time away from more productive things. I mean, the chainsaw, the tractor, the whatever, it's, it's always something. Are there any particular mentors, authors, or resources that have influenced your approach to homesteading and self-reliance? Probably the person who had the most influence in my overall life was a high school teacher who said, you don't have to remember everything. You just have to remember where to look it up. A lot of times when I learn something I don't want to forget, I write it down so I know where to look it up. Uh, for example, on our farm, we harvest blueberries only once a year. Um, at that time, I get so busy, I can't remember all the things I want to do with blueberries. So I have a list of recipes and so forth that I want to make during the blueberry season. The same is true with green beans and other things from the garden. And also like when we have a lot of apples to harvest, which only happens like every second or third year. So there's plenty of time to forget all the things I want to do with apples and so forth. Sometimes, like in the case with chickens, those lists eventually get worked into a book. So that teacher gave some pretty good advice. So as an experienced chicken keeper, what would you say is the hardest part of keeping chickens for you and your family? And what is the most rewarding part? The hardest part is anticipating predators. For the most part, we don't have a problem with predators here on our farm. But then something will come along and suddenly we have a big problem. And that was the inspiration for my book, What's Killing My Chickens? The most rewarding part is just getting to watch the chickens. They seem so relaxed in the moment, just wandering around and exploring the pasture and doing their thing. They're just a joy to watch. Thank you, Jeff, for inviting me to join Mayor Hatchery's podcast. I would like to invite your listeners to visit my blog, at gaildamero.com. I want to thank you, Gail, for coming today. I appreciate it. And I know the listeners do also. And again, listeners, Bravo Oscar Tango Mike 23 at checkout will give you 20% off on Gail's book, The Chicken Health Handbook. And in July, if you order it, you also receive a free vinyl pack. And we thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. Now, do you have a poultry-related question or a topic you'd like us to cover? We want to hear from you. Send us an email to podcast at meyerhatcher.com.